Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Praise you, Lord, this morning. Let me see all those hands. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we give you our praise. Tell them today, Lord, I give you my praise. I give you my love, my adoration, my attention, my uplifted hands. I give you my energy, Lord. I give you all that I have. Lord, I present myself as a living sacrifice. I give you my worship, Lord. I give you my praise. You are worthy of my praise, almighty God of Israel. You are worthy, Holy Spirit. You are worthy, Jesus. I give you my praise this morning. You are the almighty God. You are worthy. No man is worthy. Nobody's worthy. But you, almighty God, you are worthy. We give you our worship. We give you our praise. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Be seated. Praise you, Lord, today. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. Praise you, Lord. We got some special guests this morning. I want to speak to you. Daniel and Bia, come on up. Get him, Praise you, Lord. Praise you. I do my best uh, imitation of Pastor. You can be seated. Do my best imitation of Pastor Rodney. Share it with the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's a great blessing to be back with all of you and to see all the beautiful faces here and to be with your wonderful pastors. We love them so much. (laughs) You guys really have great pastors here. In America, you say pastors. In South Africa, you say pastors. Yeah, pastors. So they have been thoroughly pastorized. Hallelujah. (laughs) But... Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke said something. He said that Africa shall be saved. Hallelujah. And we've started saying that Africa is being saved. Because this is what God is doing in these days we're living in right now. Just in our ministry now, we've launched since 2019. And we've seen 345,000 decisions for Jesus. And that's people getting plugged into a local church. And we're seeing such rapid expansion where these pastors now, you know, they don't want to compromise. They're taking the fire. Many of those pastors are now going and doing also campaigns, doing soul winning. Because a church that's not winning the lost has lost itself. Hallelujah. So churches are now multiplying. And we're seeing such a great thing now in Africa. And I believe in three, less than three weeks' time, we're going to be in the city of Cape Town for our next Jesus crusade. Hallelujah. 
And we're just very excited to see what Jesus is doing because we serve a living Jesus. You know, this gospel is not good history. It's good news. Because when the gospel is preached, it happens. And right now, we're seeing the most amazing miracles. We're seeing the crippled walk. We're seeing the blind see. We're seeing the deaf hear. A mother brought a dead baby to one of our Jesus crusades. And as we're praying over the crowd, that baby received resurrection life. Amen. So, Amen. Amen. So we're seeing great and mighty things right now, and we've chosen to go to a city called Dalph. It, if you Google or YouTube Dalph, you will see that it's not necessarily the most safest of cities. And the leaders in this place are crying out for help. And because of us stepping into that area right now, you know, the Bible says that the light, hallelujah, Jesus is the light of the world. And he's inside of us, Christ in you. So when you step into an area, darkness has to go. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing churches that would never maybe get involved in what we're doing. They're coming alongside of us right now. We have over 70 churches that's working together with us in this area already. And our team right now is on the ground. They're healing different schools. We're seeing thousands of children give their lives to Jesus almost every single day. Many of these children from different faiths, not Christians at all, serving different gods, and they're coming to know Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's exciting to see what God's doing. So I want to say thank you to your pastors for being part of it and for loving us so much. We really are blessed to know you guys. So thank you, Pastor. Goes right back. Love you. And all the people. <laughs> You're all amazing. We're family. Hallelujah. When's the baby do? <laughs> We're going to be having a boy on the 8th of June. <laughs> so we're very excited for that. You know? So thank you, Amen. Pastor. All right. Love you. We love you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Love you, my dear. Love you, my dear. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. He is good, amen? We got uh, Jer and my daughter are going with, well, not with them, but they'll be meeting them in South Africa for, for the meetings. It's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal in these end times. And the, the clock has been sped up. We need to get as many souls in as we possibly can. The return of the Lord draweth nigh. It's going to happen. I want to recognize somebody else who's in the service along with his wife, Pastor Tim and Bonnie. Stand up so everybody can see you guys. Love you guys. Bless you. It's one of my most trusted pastoral advisors on the world. I love him. He's one of the strongest men of God I've ever met in my life. Authentic, which is very hard to find in these times. I call him Pastor Daniel because it's easier than calling him evangelist. I can't. There's just too many evangelists instead of pastor. So two syllables instead of four. Pastor Daniel is, is sweeter than I am. At least he is to you. I don't know if he is to, uh, when he's preaching. But there's just not a whole lot of authenticity in the body of Christ. There really, is, there really isn't. I don't even want to necessarily call it the body of Christ because if it's fraudulent, is it really the body of Christ? So I don't know. I mean, it's God... In those areas when the person has a veneer of Christianity, then God's the judge, because I really can't tell. A lot of times I can kind of, in the spirit, smell it on them, 
the fraudulentness, the fakeness, not always. On occasion, I'm fooled, but it's very, it's very, it's, it's very rare that I am. Very rare that I'm fooled because God has given me discernment. I can spot it from a mile, a mile away. Maybe 25 years of law enforcement overlap with 13 years of ministry and that inundation of humanity. I can just smell fraud. I can, I can smell weirdness coming in the room. I'm like, you're weird. I can just tell. And a lot of you probably wonder, why does he always talk about weirdness? Why does he always talk about, I'm not even near the message, why does he always, why does he always talk about bad relationships or that guy is coming? Why does he, because this is what I see. This, this is the failings inside of the church. People, people who are just weird thinking that eventually that weirdness is going to warm people up. Eventually the weirdness is going to break through. We've got to learn to be fruit inspectors. Well, you know, God hasn't called us to be fruit inspectors. That's a lie. That, that's the same exact doctrine as it takes a village, which it is not a doctrine except a doctrine of devils. It doesn't take a village. It takes a mom and a dad. God has not called us to be fruit inspectors. That's a lie. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit in Matthew 7, 16. So you ought to be looking at fruit. And here's the thing, going into the message today, are you your own false prophet? You always look at your fruit. I do all the time. My, my, one of my, I have failings in my life, but transparency and honesty are not them. My, my failings would be along the lines of bitterness, anger, Wrath. I like those things. If you want conflict, if you want to see, will he really kick me out of this building? Go ahead. It's right up my alley. It was right about here. And of course it had to happen to me because whenever Pastor Rodney, who's been in how many countries? 85 countries. Whenever he says, you know what, I've never seen that before. And it happened in your building. <laughs> Just leave it up to Northport. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Northport. And it's right about here. And that kid goes nuts. And I, moved, I pushed Pastor Rodney's security guys out of the way to get to him myself. I'm like, the guy, the, the Pastor Rodney, now they all know me, but... They're like, well, this is like our job. And I just took my arm and went, and I grabbed a hold of the kid's arm. And I said, let's get him out of here. If you want conflict? I struggle with that. I kind of enjoy a good fight. <laughs> Physically, mentally, emotionally. I've said this before. I remember at the sheriff's office, there's lots of internal politics inside of police agencies. People are always wanting to step on other people. They forget about actually enforcing the law and making the community safe. It's like, it's like Washington, D.C. And they just step all over each other and, and just mess each other over to get to the top or whatever. I want to use the word screw, but I won't use that right now. To get to the top. It's like I, it's like I used to say in 2016. I can't tell you who I'm voting for, but it rhymes with lump.
But people do that inside the sheriff's office, and I remember having a year-long conflict with a supervisor because I'm not going to back down. He wasn't going to back down, and he would just send in these what they called PMP entries back then. Is that still the same, Brian? Still the same? Okay. And they, he would just send them in and ding me all the time with these entries, and I'm like, you know what? Anyway, he'd call me in for meetings and rip me for this and rip me for that, whatever. And, it was, and I actually had my direct supervisor there, and he goes, I don't know what this your direct supervisor is my lieutenant. I was like, I don't know what his problem is. You don't, to me, you don't do anything wrong. And I was receiving um, exemplary reviews from him. But, so I just was like, I wanted to just say to this captain, why don't we just go behind Publix? <laughs> We're both out. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. If you really want to do this, we'll just go. We'll open the trunk to the back of the police car. We'll take off all of our guns, our watches, and everything else, and ass batons, and tasers, and whatever, cap stun. We'll just put it all in the trunk, pull our shirts off. We got t-shirts on. Let's just throw down. Instead of this endless, instead of this just endless quarreling, let's just get it done. If you want to beat me up, let's go. You better be better than average, though. So it's just as very difficult these days to find authenticity. And when you do, you grab a hold of it, which is why I've grabbed a hold of people like Pastor Tim, like Pastor Daniel, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Rodney. They're authentic. I'm around these people. I've been around these people. I know they're for real. They're no different than what you see. So I grab a hold of that. You should do the same thing. We need to ask ourselves this morning, that's not pretty much the title of this message. It really is, the title of it is False Prophets, but it's really, are you your own false prophet? Let's get to the heart of false prophecy. Now, prophecy means what? <laughs> Most people think it means telling the future. It does not exclusively mean telling the future. Does, is that a component of, of prophecy? Yes, but in and of itself, it's just simply espousing the truth of God's word. Espousing God's truth, which in essence, of course, is the only truth. That's being a prophet. You actually are espousing God's word, the truth of God's word. Now let's look at how this works. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to be camping and going in and out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, 15 through 22. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. Now, who is this being written to? The church in Jerusalem. Not, it, always, it always blows my mind how people will argue themselves into their own righteousness. Being their own false prophet. This is written to people who have left the straight way. In order to have left the straight way, you had to have been on the straight way. Calvinists. You know why nobody gets healed? The reason why nobody gets healed is because they never embrace the fear of the Lord. They never embrace who God is. They, they, they've created their own accommodating, tolerant God. You need to get into the word and understand that he's quick, and he's powerful, and he's sharp. You need to understand that. 
You can't go in and expect God to heal unless you hate that which he hates. A lot of people don't hate their infirmity. I hate infirmity. I hate sickness. Why do I hate it? Because I've read the word of God. I have assumed his personality. That's why people don't get healed. They don't even know how much God hates the infirmity. Well, how many of you know that God's teaching us lessons? And how many of you know that, you know, that God is just, he's, you know, someday it, 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 God can. You never know if he will, but someday you'll be healed in heaven. That's why people don't get healed. They don't understand the healer. How can you receive healing from the healer if you don't know the essence of the healer? You're like, Tom, you're always pinpointing problems. What else am I going to preach about? Have you ever read the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. Have you ever read it? What's going on in these letters? Endless goading. That's the church you've walked into. If, if you don't know that you're your own false prophet, then you'll continue to be what? Your own false prophet. That they have left the straight way and wandered off the, to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. What did Balaam do? What did he do? Revelation 2, 14 and 16. Keep it in the New Testament. But I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. Speaking to the church, one of the seven churches, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. When you have a mega church pastor whose name is Andy Stanley. He put it out there, not me. Going and saying that the word of God is not true, not factual, not scientific, and then the following week says that homosexuals have a greater faith than the Christians that he's known. A homosexual can have no faith. How dare you say that? Because that's the Bible. It's why you don't get healed. You don't understand the healer. How can you receive from the healer you do not know? How then can they call on the one they do not know? How, how can that ever happen? How can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans 10, 14 and 15. You can't. And you see it now. You, you, this is, people don't think that the Bible is actually applicable to today. It's unfolding right before your very eyes as you see the modern church embrace sexual immorality. They, are, they have left the straight way and follow, wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. How do they love the wages of wickedness in the modern church? Accommodating it, tolerating it, telling people that they're righteous when they're not. Somebody who's living in homosexuality has no faith. 
To whom, did they, to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If you do not, if you do not obey, you are not living in faith. That's Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. So it's impossible for a person, male or female, living in homosexuality to have faith. They live in unbelief because they live in disobedience. That's the word of God. That's how they'll be judged. Whether that sits right with you or not, it doesn't matter. That wouldn't be how you'd win them, Tom. Explain to me how you win them. Certainly was how Jesus won them. When did Jesus mince words? When did Jesus have a seeker-sensitive message? He, he sat outside of the temple, outside of the synagogue, weaving a whip of cords. And then everybody believes that Jesus is seeker-sensitive, accommodating, intolerant. That's why nobody sees the miraculous, because they don't know the miracle worker. They have no connection with how he works. It's like husbands and wives who don't know each other. I wonder, wonder why it is we just have no romance, because you don't even know each other. You stare at a screen all day long. Hey, can we talk a little bit? Oh, yeah, just a minute. I just played it on the podcast last night. They have an inhalable vaccine now in China. You can go up, it's absolute fact, absolute fact. There's video footage of it. You go in there and they, they actually, uh, I don't know what you call it, spray it, exhale it into a cup, and then you go, and like you're bong and hitting that thing. Vax, vax. Truth. And everybody's sitting outside of the clinic waiting for their inhalable vaccine and they're all sitting there staring at their phones. I hate, the, I hate these things. I really, listen, I really, you're like, Tom, you're a hypocrite. I agree. <laughs> but I will tell you the difference, between me, the difference between me and many other people. When I am in one-on-one communication or if I'm out to dinner with somebody, that thing's gone. It's on vibrate, and unless one of my kids is calling, I ain't answering. A lot of other people, oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just a minute. Or while I'm talking to them, they're texting. Do I have a sign on my forehead that says chop liver? And now everybody's, I know, here it comes. And now everybody's jamming earbuds into their ears. And the World Economic Forum is working on interactive glasses. So eventually, you won't be able to see. They want your mask, you won't be able to talk, and you won't be able to hear. It's exactly what they want. Control, subjugate, subject. Because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So everything that's the opposite of freedom, subjection, submission, and control is of the Antichrist. Take my inhalable vaccine. Have you lost your mind? 
But no wonder, because they're all sitting out there staring at an interactive device you know, that, that's tracking them. How do you not wake up? I'd and they're like, well, if you did, if you stood up there, you'd be dead. I would rather be dead. I would try to bring forth an uprising. I'm not going to live in that. If you don't believe me, then you don't remember, you don't remember March of 2020 when nobody else opened but us. I remember, driving, I remember driving to our church in East Inglewood in 2020. It was like, it was like driving the day a hurricane hits. Not a, and that's every Sunday. Not a soul on the streets. I'm like, is anybody even coming to church? Not a soul. I'm like, this is so weird. And I'm like, and not only that, but I'm sitting there, you know, because I struggle with bitterness, struggle with temper tantrums, <laughs> struggle with conflict. I'm driving to church and I'm peed off. I hate this. I'm like, can't anybody see? I'm looking over at the racetrack, nobody's there. Go in there and everybody's masked, looking at me like I'm carrying the bubonic plague. I should have just hocked one right under their forehead. <laughs> just like Jesus, Mark 8, 23, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Be delivered. What's the matter with you? And everybody, everybody thought you're blowing, blowing everything way out of proportion. Have you seen the excess death rates in first world countries? Why are there 40% excess? Do you realize what that means? Nobody understands it because it hasn't touched you yet. So people don't get it. It's like they don't get the southern border. With, with 250,000 that we know about, illegal immigrants crossing the southern border every month. It's one to five times that many, according to CBP statistics. So it's really a million a month. Somewhere between 500,000 and a million a month crossing the southern border. Nobody cares because it hasn't touched them yet. Well, it comes for your job. Then, then suddenly you'll care. See, people don't understand because it hasn't touched them yet. Because these are excess death rates. Let's just have to do with false prophecy. I don't know. But it hasn't touched people yet. 40%. This is why you don't put a mask on. These people aren't coming back. Dr. Ryan Cole's latest video, spike proteins forming in the aortas, causing them to pop. You got a minute if your aorta pops, if that. There ain't nobody can, it doesn't matter whether you got a heart surgeon sitting right there with a scalpel, you're finished. That's why you don't put masks on and close your churches. It's why you stay open. And you're like, why do you continue to beat this dead horse? Because it ain't dead. Who's come out and said they were wrong? I've known one pastor, one, who's come out and said they were wrong. And he didn't even close but for two weeks, let alone the six months, eight months, 18 months, two years. You know why they all, you know why they all love the, the Zoom services? Because they're a bunch of fraud, spineless little worms. Oh, you know, this is great. All the money keeps coming in. And I don't have to do a daggum thing but sit here. But all, listen, a lot of these pastors, you can track it. Their, their churches are gone. They've left the ministry. But I have a few things against you. Revelation 2.14. 
Thus you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. These are the people following Balaam, son of Beor, the essence of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. What is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Unrestrained indulgence. Do whatever you want to do, and you can still be called a Christian. Cheat on your wife, watch porn, lie. Here's an interesting thing. You know a lot of Christians form their own Christianity? A lot of Christians are going to be absolutely shocked when they find out they're going to hell. You know why? Because they actually stopped. Maybe they stopped lusting. You know, they, 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 they stopped cheating on their taxes, but they lie all the time. Tom, where do you get that from, being in the church? Do you know how many times my wife and I have had to deal with a church member who's lying? They're not cheating on their wife. They're not watching porn. They're just a liar. Thing that God hates more than the other two. You know, if you look, if you look at Revelation 21.8, you've heard me preach this many times. There's only one sin that has all in front of it. And it's all liars. Not, not, not murderers. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Doesn't put all in front of anything else but liars. And I see Christians all the time lie their way out of things and never repent and believe they're going to heaven. They said a sinner's prayer. They've got, their, they've got their Jesus fish Bible cover. They sign up, they sign up for conferences, but they're liars. A lot of pastors lying right now. Well, I never closed down. Yeah, you did. You get called out, and they get called out and they lie again. They think they're going to heaven because you're not an adulterer, but you're a liar. A little leaven does what to the lump? It leavens the whole thing. Tom, we can't live as micromanagers about sin. Who? told you that there's a big difference between sin and everything else you can be stupid and go to heaven I've depended on that for most of my 54 years you can be depressed and go to heaven have anxiety attacks and go to heaven be unemployed and go to heaven whatever but you can't be living in sin and going to heaven. It's not gonna happen. Have you turned from your lies or do you still lie to get out of every situation? Do you tell people, oh, I was too busy. You know, it's a lie. Do what I do. I don't wanna go. People invite me over to something, I don't wanna go. I just tell them. It's not that I'm too busy, I'm not busy. People are like, you gotta be busy with all the broadcasting stuff. I do whatever I wanna do whenever I wanna do it. I enjoy it because for 25 years, I, I punched the time clock and then did this on top of it. Now, this doesn't mean I'm not busy at all, but I do what I want to do when I want to do it. Ask my wife because she runs into that wall. She'll be like, yeah, but I kind of set this up. I'm not doing that. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not doing it. I have no interest in doing that. Don't ever schedule me without talking to me first. We've had to have this discussion just a few times. There's a few things that, you're, that I've, just, I've just come to discover with hope that it's just never going to change. <laughs> We've been married for 27 years, together for 30, and I'm like, you know, it's just not going to change. The other day, I'm 
I'm part of my very difficult life of sitting in the hot tub. When I'm sitting in the hot tub, I'm not trying to sound super spiritual, but what I do when I'm sitting in the hot tub, and I would sit in the hot tub regardless. I'm not trying to sound you know, super spiritual here, but I sit in the hot tub, and I flip Bible cards, memorizing Bible verses, so I'm focused. I'm sitting there, and I'm all alone with my back turned. A little hint. And for the last 30 years, I have asked my wife, so I'm saying this to set you free when it comes to your marriage. There's some things you're not going to change. She, could have got, she has a list about me that's longer than my list about her, but this is on her list. It's not going to change. So she comes up and just starts talking to me. I don't know she's there, and she scares the ghost out of me. I'm like, I wanted to give her the lecture, but I'm like, just, I'm trying to be a better Christian. So I'm like, just don't say it. Just come on. Because I want to go, how many times do I have to tell you over 30 years, let me know that you are here before you start talking? My kids get it. My kids haven't known me for a fraction of how long Hope has known me, and they've gotten it since they were five. They all do it. We all make a sound. Now we know you're there. Why is it that you can't get it? And then when she tries to get it, I'll retell this story for you. When she tries to get it, this is what she does. I'm in my office with my face, like Hezekiah, my face to the wall, studying. In the middle of the night alone, not a sound in the house. And suddenly, I hear this behind me. <laughs> That's how you warn me? I literally leaped off of my chair that high. And I believe the sound that I made was, Whoo! There's a big difference between and, and then. So be free this morning. Don't even worry about it anymore because they're never going to change. You're welcome. You're like, Tom, how are you going to draw this back into the message? I have no idea. I'm just going to hop right back in. Revelation 2.16. Repent or else I will come to you quickly. What's his response? If you are holding to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which is unrestrained indulgence, if you have left the straight way, written to the church, and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of sexual immorality, what do you do? Repent or else I will come to you quickly and fight against you with the sword of my mouth. There is no delineation between Jesus and this, between love and this, 
Jesus is God. God is love. Jesus is the word. So the word is love. If it says that the homosexual and the heterosexual sinner is going to hell, they're going to hell. That's actually love. That will help. If you embrace it, it'll help you to be prospered and healed. Because then you're in the vein of the personality of God. You'll understand it. If you want to get something out of somebody, if you go up and you're an absolute jerk, you're going to get it? You, I'll give law enforcement as an example. If you want to get out of a ticket, what's your only hope? I don't understand why I'm being pulled over right now. You do too, liar. You know what you did. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been pulled over, I hate to tell you this, over 60 times, six zero in my life. Truth. I was pulled over numerous times in unmarked police cars. I've, been, I've had a cop behind me that I could tell I knew who he was. So I went out the window like this back when we had Channel 2, and I went like this. So he flipped the Channel 2. Hey, this is Tom Lightley over here. Oh, okay. Now, how do you get out of it? Just be honest. Well, if you're hot and you're a woman, cry and be pathetic. If you're a fat man, you have one chance. I blew it. I was wrong. You know you were. I don't understand why you don't. Somebody just passed me going 110. You did nothing. You were going 97. You're 27 over the speed limit. You have one chance. Repent. If inside the church, if you don't, God is coming with the sword of his mouth. And the sword of his mouth is not only going to judge you on earth, it's going to judge you at the great white throne judgment. The church, listen, there's a reason why most churches donned masks instead of black robes. They don't understand who God even is. They have no idea. 2 Peter 2, 16 through 19, speaking of Balaam still. But he, Balaam, was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the, restrained the madness of the prophet. God's coming. He'll use a donkey to correct you. And yet you get offended by a preacher correcting you? I'm looking around the room. I can see there's offense in here. Here's, here's the non-offended face. Here's the offended face. I can see it. What have I said that's wrong? Well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not living and saying, well, then it's not for you. This is now preaching fodder for you. You can preach this to other people. To restrain the madness of the prophet. Let's look at this now. 2 Timothy 3, 8, and 9. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they shall progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all. Has that not happened? Have you seen the worldwide collapse of the local church? All you have to do is talk to one traveling pastor, one traveling minister, who is inside of these churches that caved. 
He taught their people not to attend church. Whatever you plant into the ground is coming up for you. So churches that seat 5,000 have 500. Churches that were 1,800 now have 150. They trained their people correctly. But it says, and this proves it, they'll progress no further. You know, it's very compassionate to wear a mask. It's very compassionate to take a vaccine that'll cause you to collapse and die. It's, this is all compassion. But they shall progress no further. They're warned. It's in Revelation chapter 2, 4, and 5. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But they shall progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all. You like to some of these people still have large ministries? Yeah, by, by the standards of what America calls large. You want to talk about large? You, do you know? I'm, try, I'm trying to remember the name. Let's see if Daniel can remember. But it's Jonathan's favorite giant church pastor in Africa. What is it? I say Bishop Iadepo. His choir. Jonathan says, I know who Jonathan said the other day. I know who I am. I have a church of seven or 800 people on a regular basis. His choir has 8,000. Big by whose standards? They just built a building two miles long. It's the largest in-person arena church. I, it, it beats all the arenas. So you have to say the biggest indoor arena there is on the continent Two miles? <laughs> I'd get all my walking done, just then I would never have to leave the building. <laughs> two miles up, two miles back, done. Back to Peter 2.17 now. Speaking of false prophets, these are wells without water. Now the question again is, are you your own false prophet? These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, clouds that are carried by a storm. For whom is reserved the false prophets? For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? Because they lead people astray. Next verse, 2 Peter 2, 18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness. Now listen closely. I've, I've used this verse a hundred times here. Some purpose. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, listen to what they do. It's not that they're making, you know, I like going to my church because whenever I go there, I just feel this peace. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you're supposed to James 4, 9. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to sorrow and your joy to gloom. Maybe you ought to work a nerve. If you have no fruit... If nobody's being saved around you, you ought to lament and mourn and weep, unless you're a brand new believer. If you're some, how many people have been, you know, nobody's gonna wanna say it out loud now. How many in, in here have been saved for more than a decade? Shout amen. Okay, there should be people being saved around you all the time. If not, you shouldn't. Oh, I just love going to church because I just feel so good about myself every time I'm there. Maybe you shouldn't. 
See, I, I sit there, I listen to messages, and I read the word, and I am goaded, and I'm not kicking against the goats. I start to write notes what I should be doing. I kick against those goats, just like with hope in the hot tub. How, why? I, I wanted to scream, why? 30 years, why? But the Holy Ghost is going, you shut up. And he, he brings to me, what, look about all this woman's done for you. Shut up. Just shut up. So instead of being like most people, I actually shut up. So maybe we ought to be open to the fact that we our fruit is not great. You're like, well, I work for a living, Tom. I'm not like you in full-time ministry. Oh, look, look, let's, I'm not saying this out of arrogance. If you're going to pastor, you have to lead, Correct. So if we go through my neighborhood, my own neighborhood, I live in a small neighborhood. How many of you have been in my neighborhood? Shut your hands up. So you know, there's witnesses in here. Not many houses in there. Do you know how many people I've brought to the church from my neighborhood who have come to the church through me in our neighborhood? Now, whether they stay or not, only the strong survive. I had a guy, his name's Matt, lived down the road. He ended up coming to the church. He came for a year. Never stopped, never missed. Never was in an evangelical church in his life. For some reason, he came. Until his wife came one Sunday and never saw him again. She talked him right out of it. Great swelling words of emptiness. Allures through the lust of the flesh. Those who have actually escaped from those who live in error. But over and over again, people have come. I have, I can claim the Dexters, my next door neighbors. People who live across the lake have come. There's a girl who used to come to my youth group. This is the guy I just told you about, and, and uh, the drug addict who used to live in our neighborhood, she came with all of her kids, which was rough. So I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that which I don't do. My, my new neighbor who just moved in, she's already been here. How? I don't know. Because God, I actually pray. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Do you ever do it? Look at me. Do you ever do it? You have to do it. And then when you do it, God opens the door. She's already come. I don't know if she'll survive or not. Not many people do. You're the best of the best. Nobody, want, nobody, nobody wants the Bible. They just want to feel good about themselves. Every day in church, I just feel so good to be there. You get to see sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so. And we just edify one another. This is great. That's a man talking. You can ask people who hung around with me at the sheriff's office. I have brought so many people from the sheriff's office here. I practice what I preach. We had people at the sheriff's office. They would just start cussing, and then they'd be in front of me. Oh, sorry, Tom. Sorry. They all knew who I was, who I, who I, who I was, who I am. They all knew. So you have to, you have to pray. If there's no fruit there, then be honest with yourself. See how quiet it is in here? Why does that bother anybody? It's what God thinks anyway. What did, you know, what, people are thinking, what did I walk into? I get it. You, know, you will not hear this in any other church south of Tampa Bay. You're not. Not one. You're not going to hear it. 
They're afraid to tell you because they're afraid that you'll leave. I would rather you leave than sit here and accommodate you for the next 10 years telling you that all is well when it's not. And I'm not even talking heaven and hell here. I'm talking about where's the fruit? If you don't inspect fruit, you're your own false prophet. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware, next verse, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. What's yours? Nothingness means you're listening to a false prophet. Look at me. Well, I'm just busy. Busyness is false prophecy. We have no time. You know, we've got baseball practice, piano recital, dancing, and then the thing, I'm just thinking of the things where they got the ropes that are tied, the ribbons that are tied to the ceiling that everybody falls down. Silks. Remote control, boat practice, whatever. All your time is filled. Yeah, but they're my kids. Your kids aren't supposed to be more important to you than Jesus, false prophet. That's also a false prophecy. Sell everything out, you know, for your kids. I, I just, I think of Daniel and Bia. They're about to have their first baby. I'm not, I'm just using them as an example. They need to watch out. Don't let that baby become more important to you than your spouse. Certainly don't let that baby become more important to you than prayer. Because it's coming. For when they speak, we're 2 Peter 2.18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, listen to what happens. They allure. Lure. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. So false prophets inside the church in Jerusalem were speaking great swelling words of emptiness, alluring people away from their faith in the name of faith. It's safe and effective. It's for your health. It's all the same devil. Demons are eternal. The very same demons that were influencing 1930s Germany are now influencing 2023 globe. It's all the same. It's all this giant lie, which I'll get into. Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And that's where it goes back to Revelation 2, 4, and 5. Since I've already quoted this to you about leaving your first love, what is it? Nevertheless, I have this against you, Revelation 2, 4, and 5, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. For most Christians, first love is what? I remember when I first got saved. Again, this is a man inside the church. I remember when I first got saved. I just thought every Christian was great, and every time I came in, I just felt the presence of God, and it was awesome. And now it's just not there. What does that have to do with first love? Show me one place in Scripture where love has anything to do with how you feel. You think God feels love for us when we're sinning? And he just loves us in spite of it. 
First love is not a feeling, it's a work. Repent and do the first works. I always sit there and watch Christians eke their way back to Egypt. They repent hardcore when they get saved. Turn from their sin, and then 10 years later, they're letting the sin trickle back in. They start with cussing. Now why, why are you cussing now, and you repented of it 12 years ago? Did God tell you to get rid of it then? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. So if Jesus is the same and he told you to get rid of saying the F word, the S word, the A word, the D word, whatever it may be, why would he tell you that now that you have a greater understanding of grace? Why would he let you start cussing again? Well, this is an awfully legalistic church. Well, if you mean word obeying? See, we, we have now conflated legalism, you heard me preach many times, legalism, religion, wearing crosses, stained glass windows, observing certain days, that's been conflated with obedience. Legalism is religion. Crosses on the walls, stained glass, bells, collars, that's legalism. Not lying is heaven and hell decision-making. Not legalism. They preach legalism at that foundation church there. They tell you that you have to stop sinning. You think that's really legalism? You're gonna find out the hard way it's not true. Had an interesting, uh, well, it, was, it wasn't a conversation. I was listening. Pastor Jonathan's been preaching in Washington, D.C. this week, and I was listening to him preach. And he was very interesting because I tell you, it's the same devil no matter where you go. Demons are dispersed, dispatched. It's all the same lies. What do they accuse Revival Today Church of being? Say it louder. Yeah, you ask what they accuse us of being. A cult. How am I a cult? I mean, if anything, if a cult, you try to keep people. If anything, I'm like trying to get rid of people. I don't mean that literally, but... According to the reactions on many of the faces this morning, I'll never see you again. It's good. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for staying for the time that you're here. The Bible, just remember though, it's the Bible that offended you, not me. But they accused, they actually had the police show up at their doorstep in, in Pittsburgh. Not, they've had the police show up many times, not for, their, not for them having you know, parking situations or having too many people in the building and fire code lies and all that stuff. I'm talking about they actually had the police show up at their building, speaking to Adalis, and saying, we heard that you're a cult and that you've been passing out literature. And the police officer's like, listen, I don't even want to be here. I just have to do this to check it off my list of things to do that they put on me today. Because he knew that you can be a cult if you want to be. As long as you're not breaking laws, you can be a cult if you want to be. They're like, well, how are we a cult? And he said, well, you're passing out literature. Well, it's election season. I got 18 uh, flyers on my mailbox and on my door right now. They're passing out their literature. So if passing out literature is the prereq for being a cult, then every politician's a cult. But the reason why they're called a cult is, of je- is because of jealousy. Spineless little worms who wouldn't stand. Spineless little worms who will not call a man who's dressed up as a woman a man. We'll have a discussion about whether you're a man or not once you lop it off. 
You make that commitment, we'll talk. Till then, till you get it lopped off and inverted, you're a man. Because a lot of these yahoos, and you ask any cop, there's several, there's cops in here both working and retired. You ask them how many perverted women they ever arrested. There's a lot of these guys, including Billy Thomas, Leah Thomas, name's William, dates women. He's got it made. That's the, that's the, uh, the Ivy League swimmer. I can't remember what school he's at. Lizard one, is it? No. Penn. So he goes, he, he, so he's got it all. He dates women, has sex with women, and showers with women. Did he ever corner the market or what? And none of the women are allowed to say anything to him. And he does not look the same on a bathing suit. There are things that are present with him that are not with others. And you need to be able to go up and say, what's that? Before you swim with my daughter or shower with my daughter, answer me this one question. What's that? And I say that and I ask that in Jesus' mighty name. If you go to a church who doesn't do that, you are listening to a false prophet. Well, we just want to love people here. We're not going to be pointing out everybody's sin. False prophecy. Oh, you know, the Bible's not, you know, a relationship with Jesus is not a list of do and do, do, do's and don'ts. It is too. It's an endless list of do's and don'ts. The only reason why you don't want that is because you don't want to do the do's and you don't want to do the don'ts. And you're afraid that if you preach them, people will leave. Well, what are you wanting them to anyway? You're luring them through lewdness and the lust of the flesh. You're actually taking people who have escaped from error and putting them back into error. Watch that you're not prophesying yourself into the same thing. Well, you know, I read this book about a greater understanding of grace. It's called The Seeker-Sensitive Life. It's called The Purpose-Driven Life. No names, though. Not that same author that pimped and hoard vaccines all throughout the state of California. Yeah, that guy. Some of these pastors, they're incredibly flexible. The way they can bend over and grab their ankles <laughs> is actually admirable. And I say that in the most proctological sense possible. <laughs> so you let sin start to eke its way back in. Look at me now. You know it's you if it's you. What does the word say? 1 John 2, 24 through 26. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If, 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 if it does, you also will remain in the, in the Father and in the Son. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. Look at this last, look at this last verse. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. How do they try to lead you astray? Let that which is unholy 
back into the Holy of Holies. The inside of you is the Holy of Holies. Why would you let profane things into the Holy of Holies? They used to have to tie a thick rope to the belt of the priest going into the Holy of Holies because if he made the slightest error, he's dead and they drag him back out. And you let those things that God said, see that what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. Well, it's really elementary. Well, you know, okay, it's so funny is, well, that's just elementary, so we just get rid of that. Then you, did you get rid of all your elementary school teaching? So you're just gonna stop speaking? Stop using correct grammar because it's elementary? You're gonna go back and have someone feed you with a spoon because that's elementary? Well, you know, I learned to eat, you know, I learned to eat with a spoon. That's just really, you know, it's just part of being, you know, it's just elementary. That's just the basics. So you're gonna just drop it and go back to just abject stupidity? At least hold on. If you look at the, if you look at the book of Revelation 2 and 3, the churches are admonished. Hang on to what you have. At least do that. Don't give up what you do have. You should be ever expanding in looking at your fruit. Do it. Don't be afraid. Don't live in purposeful ignorance. You're welcome. Believe me, I know. This bothers people. It's not what you hear inside churches anymore. You don't hear it. And then people wonder why they don't prosper. I hear prosperity messages. Because you don't understand the God who's preaching. I mean, you don't understand the God of the person who's preaching to you. That person has somehow gotten in touch with prosperity. And they prosper. But you, and and maybe they're not telling you how to get to where they are. They're just telling you where they are. What good does it endlessly do to tell people where you are and not tell them how to get there? You've got to understand who God is. You will never, ever grab a hold of and live in and marinate in his attributes. You won't, unless you know. Back to Peter, 2.19 now. While they promised, so they speak, they're speaking great, swelling words of emptiness. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, have anybody, have you, outside of the churches that I've mentioned this morning, outside of people like Pastor Tim, have you ever sat in a church these days? I, I, it's funny because a couple came up to me, and I'm like, man, you guys, seriously, you know, it's a woman that was talking to me, I want to tell you, you got some brass cajones. Seriously. She came up and said, listen, we took your challenge. Because they live a long ways away, so they're driving almost two hours every Sunday to be here. And she said, we took your challenge, you know, because we have to drive so far, and we actually went and tried other churches. Because I challenged them, go. Go. You're never going to be happy. You, those of you who are in this room and you're red-pilled, it's over for you. You're never going to go. You can't, you're not going to be able to bear it. I don't mean, I don't mean red-pilled with Fauci or COVID. I mean red-pilled with the Word of God. You're not going to be able to take anywhere else. You, you won't be able to go. But she actually said, we tried. There's just nothing. 
They live down in Naples. There's nothing. You might even find churches that stayed open during COVID. They still don't preach hellfire and brimstone. They don't preach the, they don't preach the full witness of the gospel. See, I preach it all. Heaven, hell, healing, prosperity, victory, everything. Because you won't get the victory, the, the healing, the prosperity without understanding the heaven and hell. You won't understand how quick and powerful and sharp God is. You won't be able to receive that which you do not know. While they promised them liberty, 2 Peter 2.19, they themselves, so all of these purveyors of great swelling words of emptiness, they promised people, they always say that. We're all, we're all they, they always say, we're free. You, know, you, you don't need to be worrying about whether you lie or not. You know what? You're free. There's, there's, no, there's no sin that you can never sin your way out of the grace of God. Ananias and Sapphira found out differently. Hebrews chapter six, four through eight, says differently. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. For they have crucified again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. Written to the church in Jerusalem. There's no sin. You can never outrun God. Bull crap. God's not running after you. He's made his offer. You jump in or you don't. You decide your relationship with God. Yes, I preach this on Christmas Eve Eve. You decide. You want God as Savior or Judge? That's up to you. You want mercy or justice? It's up to you. I want mercy. I want Savior instead of Judge and Justice. You decide. Well, they promised them the liberty. Always, we're free here. I mean, there's not, we're, not putting any, we're not putting any burdens on you. So you still used to bear one another's burdens. So fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 2. Well, they promised them liberty. They themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. Whoever you are listening to, you are being overcome by. And brought into bondage or freedom. If you're listening, I'm just, I'm not saying this to be prideful or arrogant. If you are listening to me preach, because when you listen to me preach, this is what you get. Not my life history. I may tell an occasional story. I may make you laugh. I may make you angry. But the bottom line of every message that you hear me preach is the word of God. Period. So if you are listening to me, you are being brought into the bondage of Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my bondage upon you. Take my yoke upon you. For I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest under your souls. For my bondage, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
So if you're listening to me preach, Daniel preach, Pastor Tim preach, Pastor Jonathan preach, Pastor Rodney preach, you're being brought into the bondage of the word of God, the yoking of Jesus Christ. Other people, you're being brought into demonic bondage or fleshly bondage. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. A false prophet is really just false doctrine. So you're brought into what? False doctrine. I'll give you an example. The one you hear me preach about often. Fake love. What is called love? Love today, everybody's definition of love today is about, trying to think of the exact word, about as accurate as everybody's definition of the word democracy. We're all here defending democracy. <laughs> they just found out. No, Tommy, you're just lapsing into politics. Yeah, I know, I don't care. I don't care. Please, I'm free. That's what being free is. Living in obedience and doing whatever you want. I don't do whatever I want as far as sin, but everything else, I do whatever I want. They take away my 501c3, I don't care. Take it. They just found out that in the, in the city of New York, teachers who are not vaccinated, there was an alert sent to the FBI notifying them that they were unvaccinated. The CDC has been forming an unvaccinated database. This is all fact. You'll hear it on the next podcast. I have all the receipts. It's absolute truth. And they call that democracy. We're defenders of democracy. Well, you don't want to do any of those forensic audits into elections because you know what? That attacks the democracy. A forensic audit is democracy, dum-dum. Why would you want to know, not want to know? Have five Democrats and five Republicans and five independents look at every ballot. Well, I'm not afraid of that, are you? Every election that, listen, you want to do that with Ron DeSantis' 20-point victory? Feel free. Feel free. You know why nobody did it? Because they all knew it was legit. You don't, you don't define democracy as a lack of freedom or a lack of transparency. But the love is the same way. It's being defined as the opposite of that which it is. Woe to those who call darkness light and like darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who exchange definitions. Fake love today is avoidance and lying, obfuscation, accommodation, and tolerance. We don't want anybody to feel bad in the building. I do. I do. Godly sorrow leads one to repentance. It brings repentance and leaves no regret. I've done a lot of sinning in my life. Do you know what I felt afterwards? Sorrow. Good. If you're living in sin today, I hope you feel sorrow about it. That's the Bible. That's Christianity. Anything else that's preached is fake love. And I know that it doesn't sit right with some of you. Some of you raised your kids that way. Well, honey, I know you're lying to daddy, but I understand. You know, it's a phase of life that you're going through. 
You know how lying was dealt with in my house? Come here. I didn't even put kids, I didn't put my kids across my knee. I had them underneath their left armpit. You lie in my house, there you go. And I ain't talking some of these, these whoopings that you guys do that I see down in the halls of this church. <laughs> the kid's laughing while you're spanking them. What, you, you realize that might be fun and games now because your kid just thinks you're a great guy until they're in the backseat of a police car like this? Because they did that with the cops. The cops ain't coming up to you. Because <laughs> they thought their whole life that somebody told them to do something, they don't have to do it, there's no consequence until they run into the blue or green shirts. Fake love. It's just like fake freedom. Promise, a promise of liberty. Here's the fake freedom. Free from conviction. Free from being uncomfortable. Your church should make you uncomfortable. You should be squirming at least mildly right now. I am. I'm preaching it and I'm uncomfortable. You don't think this convicts me? I haven't arrived. I've just left. Free, there's the fake freedom, free from the word, free from judgment. Well, we don't judge anybody here. How many of you know, God's not angry with you? God, he's not angry with you. And one of my favorite preachers always says that. That's Old Testament. What are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? God disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. That's Hebrews 12, 6. To the church of Jerusalem, again. Free from holiness, free from godly counsel, free from actual accountability, free from sin, free, free to sin, free to compromise, which is all bondage labeled as liberty. That's what's happening in the world now. That's, what, that's exactly, and that's Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Everything that is called good today is actually evil. You used to have two juvenile gender transition clinics in the United States in the year 2000. Two. Now we have close to 200. Where all their body parts are being lopped off and they're being sterilized when they're 14 years old. Again, from the very people who want to lower the earth's population, it's pretty effective to sterilize people. That's what Bill Gates is doing in India for the last three decades. That's why they won't let him back in the country. That's all fact, by the way. 496,000 paralyzed kids and mass sterilizations that were admitted to on the World Health Organization's website. It's all fact. We apologize that, you know what, your kids will never have kids. None of this stuff is rectified. You can't rectify these things. Outside of Jesus. It's just like, so you have bondage in the name of liberty. It's just like today, you have censorship called content moderation. Totalitarianism called democracy. Deadly and ineffective called safe and effective. Anti-science called science. The racists call themselves anti-racist. 
And the fascists call themselves Antifa. Anti-fascist. I'll finish with this. Are you your own false prophet? Are you? How do you know? Romans 7, 23 and 24. But I see another law in my members. I want to talk to you about, in these closing, I'll be done in like five, six minutes. I want to talk to you about seeing it coming. You have two adversaries. I didn't talk about that today, but you have two. Verses that you hear me preach all the time in this church, because rarely does a Christian need a demon dispatched to them. Because most Christians aren't winning the loss. They're no threat to the kingdom of darkness. So they rarely need to have a demon dispatched to them. Their flesh will take care of all the demonic activity. Those who live according to the sinful nature or according to the flesh have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. That's Romans 8, 5 through 8, 8. Which leads us into the scriptures. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. That's eight eleven, Three verses down. So if you want to get to 11, you've got to come starting at 5. And you're going to have to contend with your flesh. Every day of my life, just stay with me. I know it's 12.05. We have been in the building for exactly two hours. And you'll be out of here long before two and a half hours. Long before it. So stay with me because you need to hear this. I want to make this applicable to your everyday life. Every, so I'll make it applicable to your everyday life by talking about my everyday life. Every single day of my life is a decision. I feel what I call flesh creep. Starts to creep in. And I hear the thoughts. And I hear the words. And I hear the suggestions. And I'm not, you might be thinking, what are you hearing? Like sinful stuff? Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's just selfishness. You can be selfish and go to heaven. Selfishness will lead to sin, but it's not in and of itself. And, it, and I start, I, like today. <laughs> I'm out walking the dog. And don't worry, it's not one of my dog stories. Well, in some ways it is. But the neighbor who has a problem with my dog, whenever I go through, come past their house, I look to see, are they out and about? Because if they are, I leash my dog. So I saw that she was out, and these people are terrified of my dog. Like, they're, because, I mean, they're wearing, they were wearing masks in late 2022. And again, just a quick synonym for these things. Do dogs occasionally kill people? Do they? Yeah. Does a virus occasionally kill people? Yeah. Yeah. Do you treat all viruses like they're going to kill you? Like a 99.9% lab-created virus? 99.9% survival lab-created virus? No, you know, not to act like that's going to kill you. Neither should you treat every dog like they're going to kill you, but that's what these people do dog wouldn't kill anybody. My dog, when he comes up to be a lays on the ground, rolls over. Unless you're a raccoon, then you're dead. <laughs> Literally, he walks up to you, crouches down on the ground, and rolls over. 
That's what he does. And she's screaming, get him away, get him away, get him away. What, where, who, okay, I agree. I should have leased my dog, I agree. But acting like that, no wonder you're a COVID caver. But anyway, so I'm walking by, because you treat every virus like it's deadly, you treat every dog like it's deadly. It's, it's absolute insanity. That's how, it's, how, how the globalist one world agenda is ushered in. Does climate change occasionally kill people? Yeah, tornadoes, climate change. They occasionally kill people. But you don't treat every, every climate change as if it's an existential threat to you. Right? But they use the one small percentage to usher in an agenda. So I'm walking by the house this morning. I see that she's out, and she grabs her cat. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, lady. If my dog wanted to kill your giant fat cat, it'd already be dead. He has no way of getting away from him. You gotta be able to throttle it up to 40 to get away from that dog. He would have already killed your cat. There's no interest in your cats. I see her skooma. I, I, I literally, I look like the grim reaper going into a medieval village. Everybody's rushing inside. <laughs> so, I don't even leash the dog. I just have a, my leash is just in a giant circle that I have clipped together. So I just throw it around his neck and I walk past their house. And then, though, this is where I got carnal. I don't want them to know that I'm leashing my dog because of them. So I made sure that before I left their property, I flamboyantly pulled the leash off and went. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm being honest with you. See, that's the decision. I allowed carnality. There's no, what's the point of what I just did? And that saps away from your anointing. It saps away because it's a, you don't want clanging symbols in your life. Because the voice of the Spirit is still and small. And the Spirit is who you have. Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. God is on his throne. The Holy Ghost is here. He speaks to you in a still, small voice, ever praying the word of God. And when you act carnally, you suppress the voice. You can sense it in your spirit. You need to take action. Romans 7, 23 and 24. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in, in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But when you feel mission creep, mission, fl flesh, creep, you gotta take it now. Take that thought captive. I did it this morning. I'm like, okay, really carnal. I talk to myself out loud. I walk, I walk with, by, by myself with the dog. I talk to myself out loud. Man, my flesh is big today. I sense it. All I'm doing is thinking about myself, I'm thinking about scenarios. Where's Jesus? Where's the Holy Ghost? He's all drowned out by my own mind. You have to right now take that, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, what? Imaginations. And every high thing. A leash? Hey, neighbor. Woo! Idiot. All I did was say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach with a little less anointing this morning. That's all I did. And I, listen, I'm, I, I tried to get it back, and I did, but I mean to some degree. 
But what would, see, that's the progress is every day are you doing that? Or is every day just about work, home, TV, dinner, bed, work, home, TV, dinner, bed, and no expansion of the kingdom of God? Your mind is, your sinful mind is hostile toward God. Speaking of carnal, does anybody smell the food coming out of there? Smells like turkey dinner back there. I'm like craving Thanksgiving. Kitchen's back open today. First time since the hurricane. So I invite you. That's the end of the message. I invite you. Ready your heart because we're going to pray. Now listen, I'm going to tell you this while I still have your attention. When we bring people forward, it's 12-12. We'll be out of this building by 12-20. We're going to bring people forward to pray. You ought not to leave. I want you to think right now. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. Ask yourself, why are you leaving? Where are you going? Where? Well, you know what? The early bird special starts at 1230 down the road at the family table restaurant. You know what? First of all, pry your wallet open and stop being cheap. So you have to go to the early bird special. Didn't get a lot of laughs on that one, did I? Stop believing for prosperity. Stop, stop, being, stop being a socialist and pinching every penny. Believe for prosperity. So don't leave. You should be praying. People are going to be coming up here for deliverance. People who are vaccinated need that clot juice out of their body. If that offends you, it doesn't matter. 40% increase in excess deaths around the globe, 25 to 64. All other categories up 32%. Birth rates down in every, every first world country. Do you know the only place, speaking of Africa, the only place where birth rates aren't dramatically down? Africa and India. Because they're very low in vaccination rates. South Africa is a 6% vaccination rate. The birth rates were just fine. Look at Daniel and Bia. <laughs> when you have an agenda, if you want to lower the earth's population, kill a bunch of people, create, create a virus that kills a bunch of people, mitigate the virus through your masking and your locking down and, and allowing people to fall into depression, that will kill a bunch of people. Then create a vaccine to kill a bunch of people. And sterilize a bunch of people. Boy, it works well every single time if you want to lower the earth's population. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So if you are vaccinated and you have not had hands laid on you, if you have to draw that thing out and heal all the damage, you're good. Stand in faith. You'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. You'll live, you'll live longer than anybody else just to show how great God is. Because I'm not here just to be the next Rush Limbaugh who just talks to me. I love Rush, but I'm just saying to just talk about the world's problems. We offer a remedy. We offer the solution. If you are depressed this morning, God wants you free. They offer false freedom. It, it, it is the spirit who gives life. That freedom, that flesh profits nothing. 
Now the Lord is that spirit. When the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. I'm offering you real liberty. If you are depressed, God wants you free. If you are stricken with panic attacks, God wants you free. If you are in a wheelchair, he wants you out. If you, want, if you are limping, he wants you to no longer limp. If you have any death in your body whatsoever, he wants to bring it alive. If you've been injected with that, with the vaccine, God wants it out. And all the damage healed. If that's you, oh, sorry, Aaron, worship team, make your way. If that's you this morning, and you need deliverance from any of these things, any at all, I'm putting it on you now. I'm not asking you to come up just at this moment because I'm going to everybody stand first. And then when we stand, everybody points your hands this direction. If you don't believe for the absolutes of God's word, don't pray. I'm a, you're a flute player. Get out. You are free to go to Wendy's. But if you are somebody who actually believes in the absolutes of God's word, that he wants you well, wants you prospered, wants you to operate in victory, wants you to bind, wants you to lose, if you believe those things, then you need to be praying. Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.